0: Welcome to HBW's Over-the-Counter Podcast. I'm David Ridley, and I'll be chatting with industry experts and insiders about the latest trends, issues, and intelligence in consumer healthcare. In this episode, HBW Insight catches up with our own US Executive Editor, Malcolm Spicer, to find out all about Perigo subsidiary HRA Pharmas RX to OTC switch of its daily contraceptive Opil. Currently under consideration by the US FDA after a positive recommendation from its advisory committees, Spicer draws on 30 plus years of writing about the US consumer healthcare market as well as his extensive coverage of this subject to tell us all we need to know about this historic switch. Good morning Malcolm, welcome to uh, Over the Counter.
1: And good you? morning to you, good morning to you David and although I, I i know it's afternoon over there so
0: uh... <laughs> I thought i would be sensitive to the local uh, context over there so um so we're here to talk about the switch of uh, opil that's a a big event i think um, you've written quite a lot about it over the last week or so i think maybe eight or nine articles um maybe you could explain why this is such a big deal um, and a bit of the background
1: whether you're talking about medicine or anything reproductive health the uh gets attention from uh everybody in the u.s uh certainly you know policymakers lawmakers uh as well as you know your average consumer um and uh th- this comes with a, a baggage of this uh Consideration of by FDA of approving this OTC switch that is comes with the baggage of uh, previously missed you know really fumbling on the emergency uh, contraceptive switch uh, ten years ago now when that when all that started actually twenty years ago I'm sorry twenty years ago um, when all that started so you know there was a heightened attention to there there would be there would have been heightened attention to this uh, switch regardless. Uh, of that, but that just you know again magnified the attention uh uh and that in the u.s uh, uh a year ago in June uh, the Supreme Court uh, essentially overturned Roe v Wade allowing states to make their own uh, uh laws as far as access to abortion services um and so that immediately uh, uh, again, magnified attention on the possibility, on the potential for an OTC switch of a daily oral contraceptive. So, and then, and then absent, uh, notwithstanding, I should say, any particular type of drug, anytime you have an OTC switch proposal, it is it is really the biggest news uh, for the the U.S. OTC drug industry. Uh, there, there's really nothing bigger uh short of uh, a a you know uh, uh, a massive overhaul of what's OTC and what's not but uh, and, and that's because you know when you have the OTC if you can imagine a pie, the OTC market the pie might change a little bit uh, uh you know there might be uh, uh, some type some category of drugs maybe selling selling bigger one year than than the previous year. Or a company has new flavors, new package sizes, and perhaps uh, line extensions, variations on on a product that's already OTC. And that kind of changes the flavor of the pie, if you will, but doesn't really change the size of it. But when you you add an OTC switch, you're adding a new product, new ingredient to the pie, and it becomes bigger. Particularly for the uh, innovator, the company that switches it, and then uh, subsequently, you know, uh, too certainly too much later, too long for the other company's uh, perspective, but uh, for other companies too, because they'll make copies of it. So that, that's why it's a big deal, uh, both the, for the reproductive health uh, uh, side, as well as just the OTC switch side. Uh, now, the uh, FDA doesn't always uh, do uh, advisory committee. Uh, they don't always schedule advisory committee meetings uh, for OTC switches. Uh, and and honestly, I don't think they would have for this one were it not for the type of ingredient, the type of drug, because it, this has a tremendous tremendous safety history, and, and effect and efficacy history, and that's the first step. That's the first step, and 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 if you uh, and and then there really uh, a second step is what about uh, uh, consumer comprehension of the labeling, and I think that was pretty pretty uh, well known in the. Uh, in the rx setting too so you have that you have a you know a drug with you know a tremendous safety safety history and then you you know it's it's uh recognized that you know women had been using this correctly for uh uh for uh, i think 30 years when it was available in the u.s so th- those two questions really weren't up to uh Where those two issues really weren't at question. What the uh, advisory committee was done for was for FDA to cover all its bases. Again, it's a reproductive health uh, drug, and they didn't want anybody, uh, particularly opponents of uh, allowing OTC sales of this, to say FDA just railroaded this through. You know, just to you know, just to. uh, uh, continue a progressive agenda or some complaints such as that. So they, they had a, a an advisory committee and, and then also it was the first one. So, um, uh, the first one for an OTC, uh, birth control drug that is. So the, you know, there was pretty much, uh, uh, a, a fate accompli that they were going to have a, an advisory committee, although it could have gone, you know, given the history, it could have gone without it.
0: But maybe we could just talk about the uh, the applicant. We know who the applicant is, don't we, um, which is quite important. Do you want to say a little bit about who is trying to switch this?
1: Uh, yeah, thank you, David. The, uh, the applicant is or the sponsor of the application, as in the, in the FDA vernacular, is uh, HRA Pharma, which is a French firm. Uh, they have other drugs, but they are widely recognized as an innovator uh, of women's health, uh, reproductive health products. And so they were acquired uh, in a in a deal that closed uh, it'll be a year ago next month actually by Perigo, and and you know, Perigo was a much larger company, but it really didn't have any you know had no presence in the in the space the, the reproductive health space, so it was uh, you know recognized and accepted as a a game changing acquisition by Perigo. And so, Perigo's money, certainly, uh, HRA was already working on uh, the uh, application for this uh, switch with uh, um, IBIS uh, Rep- uh, Reproductive Health, which is a nonprofit uh, uh, advocacy group for um, uh, uh, expanding women's access to reproductive health medicine. So, HRA was already working on it. So. Perigo acquires it, and, and, and there's no doubt that Perigo's uh, larger purse, uh, larger bank account, uh, helped HRA uh, con- complete that study, you know, and 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 perhaps uh, most likely complete it faster than it otherwise would have. Uh, HRA, as you know, uh, um, already has approval in the UK for a single ingredient uh, uh, birth, daily birth control pill. Uh, and although that's a different ingredient uh than uh, the ingredient that is uh on the uh, used in the O that that is uh being proposed for OTC sales in the U.S so uh you know on on both levels both sides of it, you know, if, uh, Perigo makes a great deal expensive but great deal to uh importantly and significantly expand its portfolio and Hra gets uh you know a bigger bank account to uh to to fund its work uh and HRA is uh you know certainly expert in 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 the field that uh that Perigo was getting into by the acquisition
0: that's great yeah so it's good to know and as you say um HRA have already done quite a lot in this area in Europe they've got the uh, recently switched daily contraceptive and then they also have the um the emergency contraceptive which they they switched a while ago as well so um Maybe it'd be quite good for for those listeners unfamiliar with the FDA's regulatory process, and um, for example, you know those operating in Europe, if you could just give a little, quick, you know, kind of overview of what switching looks like in the U.S. The kind of regulatory process that um, HRA have got had to go through, maybe not typically, or or maybe typically um, in this case.
1: Okay, very good. Um, the uh, switch process uh, in the FDA. Uh, uh, the uh, large framework is uh, a company uh, sees and are a drug ingredient that is available Rx only, and thinks that you know this should this is a good candidate for making uh, for being available OTC. It makes uh, what makes a good candidate for OTC is a safe and you know a, a long strong history of safe and effective use. Um, and so, uh, and also whether there is a public health need for making the uh, ingredient available OTC, um, those are things that FDA is going to consider. So the uh, the uh, potential sponsor of a switch application will look at those too. Um, and then the a switch application also has to be uh, has to be supported by research showing one confirming the safe and, and effective use. And, but uh a major step is showing that consumers can accurately uh self select use of the drug uh that, you know if you don't uh if you don't have symptoms that uh, uh that meet the conditions met by the drug then you shouldn't buy it and use it and uh one one might think that's a pretty simple thing but uh FDA for good reason you know doesn't want drugs available OTC that people would use and possibly uh uh, uh suffer uh, health consequences because they didn't need it. Uh those consequences wouldn't be you know too bad; uh, wouldn't be tragic uh, because it's available OTC but uh, uh just that it's not good for public health uh, to to make some drugs available OTC. Uh that label comprehension the consumer comprehension which we call label comprehension is very important and and it's it's something that a a application a switch application has to show good strong results from the study participants uh there there can't be a, uh, too much wavering and there certainly can't be a lot of uh, wrong choices there has to be uh very very strong uh, good results from from those studies um, so typically, uh, or always a a, uh, a company will work with FDA before they begin their sponsor. They'll have discussions with FDA uh, b- before they begin their uh, uh, application process and they'll they'll and, and they'll continue conferring with FDA as they're going through their studies to make sure that they're not missing anything. Of course, FDA is not telling them yes or no, you're right or wrong, but just saying you know what what is working and what isn't? And then uh, finally, and then there's no set time. There's no set time uh, that a company has to complete its uh, switch application within. But at at some point, a company will actually submit the application to the FDA. Uh, and because although it's uh, we're talking about making a drug available OTC, because it's it's uh, it, it involves the RX side of FDA, uh, it's. Uh, <clears throat> of the uh, applications are subject to the prescription drug user fee act fees so that when uh, a company pays FDA a user fee when it submits an application for uh, uh, for a switch Uh, that's important because FDA does a lot of work on it there's a lot of review to be done evaluation to be done and so uh, so it's uh, something that uh, the applicant has to support
0: great so so a company puts in a switch application and then the FDA looks at that application, spends a lot of time, you know, looking at all of the the data that's submitted and thinks about the, you know, risk benefit um, ratio and all this sort of stuff. And then at some point, it may or may not go to an advisory committee. Is that right? That's right. And in this case, it did. And then, it did. What, ha- and then what happened at this advisory committee? You wrote a story that um, kind of summarized, uh, you know, what's the panel. Uh, said or thought about um, the application, didn't he? It was quite interesting.
1: You couldn't have asked for a more orderly uh, day and a half of meetings. Uh, no uh, advisory committee member raised questions that were outside the area and that you know would 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 require a lot of time for explanation. And uh, and and on the other hand, uh, the or the other side of that coin will be they also ask questions you would expect. So it, you could say it went uh, again. It went as good as it could have. Um, the um, the panel, the advisory panel, they were all very supportive of making uh, this uh, the OPIL formulation available OTC. They all wanted it to happen, as shown in the in the unanimous. Uh, recommendation vote again. It's as an aside. It's a recommendation. Uh, it's non-binding on FDA. FDA typically does uh, follow their advisory committee's recommendations. However, there have been sometimes some notable when they haven't, including in the emergency contraceptive uh, switch history. Um, and so the the, uh, the 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 panel members were all very attentive. And they all were very prepared, and they uh, some of them, a few of them. Uh, agreed with FDA's concerns about some of the data, uh, but said but qualified their concern by saying we don't think that this should uh, uh, stop approval at this point of this application. Um, the uh, uh, that they, they were the the panel members were. Uh, if any if any of them made any comment about any particular subset of uh, participants in the study or subset of the target population, they were all very supportive of extending access to uh, young, uh, younger women. You know, uh, women under eighteen, uh, and they were all. Several of them were very very supportive of FDA paying attention to uh, uh, low health literacy consumers. And and ensuring that any OTC drug of this kind or any kind uh, has labeling that doesn't you know OTC labeling that doesn't require explanation by a more learned person, uh, I thought I thought that was very interesting.
0: Uh, but there were some comments about that, wasn't there? What was the issue with um, adolescents and low literacy consumers? Is that in one of the studies or just a general concern? Um. Uh,
1: the, uh, the, the I think my my sense is David that the the concern from the panel members came from FDA pointing it out in their briefing that they prepared for the advisory panel that they didn't like the number of of uh, young you know young females in the study uh, population or the number of low uh, literacy uh, persons uh, the and then the uh, the there was disagreement on that. Uh, from the panel members, they thought that there was, you know, suitable uh, uh, precipitation numbers and that, uh, the, you know, the, the results showed that there should be no, you know, way no special limits on who can buy this drug OTC. Um, again, it's FDA covering all the bases. They don't want anybody to think that they gave short shrift to anything, uh, any, any, you know, any question that could, uh, you know, counter. The opposition I mean, the the uh, support for uh, approving the drug for OTC.
0: But nevertheless, there was um, there was support for this switch, wasn't there, from the advisory panel? As you read through that article, you just see, you know, I mean, that's their job, isn't it, to to think about possible um, things to think about, or you know, issues that have been raised. But it's always, you know, the the benefit far out, outweighs any risk, and it's a really you Know a, a historic, um, yeah, possibly uh, switch for, for the consumers involved. Well,
1: very much so. And if I could, and this is, uh, uh this is really uh, probably what, uh, uh, is most helpful to other companies, uh, that are, you know, are in the switch arena is that I mean, here we had a drug that, for all, for all appearances, uh, safety history efficacy history label comprehension consumer comprehension uh, and by the way those are all clinical studies the label and consumer comprehension you know there are clinical studies uh for all that support the the sponsor hra had they they had a few glitches in the data they sent to fda and no matter whether it was this this happened to be reproductive health drug it could have been you know some uh new thing for athletes foot. And I don't mean to make light of athletes' foot. Some some new topical that it isn't, you know, of very much a consumer interest. But if you come with data, if a sponsor goes to FDA with data that is, you know, well, if it didn't show support, you know, shows positive results, they wouldn't get the data, they wouldn't send FDA the data. But if there are some problems with it, FDA has to question it. And and uh, I think that is the message to FDA, to the to the industry, you know. FDA they went out of their, their members, and I've never heard that so much as this. the The FDA people there went out of their way to say we support, we are in favor of expanding access, but we have to be comp- we have to have complete confidence in the data. So this is a it's a lesson learned for across the industry. I think like don't you know no matter how much good how much benefit as opposed to risk there is it for your otc switch don't, don't have sloppy data and make sure it's it's good and because otherwise you you could waste your money and have to do a spend on a, another clinical trial
0: i hope you're enjoying this episode of over the counter so far Don't forget to follow Pharma Intelligence Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify and TuneIn. Also, check out HBW Insight at hbw.pharmaintelligence.informer.com for all the latest health, beauty and wellness news and intelligence. Keep listening. This episode continues now. As you've mentioned already, there is there is a context to this and there is a certain amount of politics in the background, which is adding um, maybe additional pressure on the FDA to get this right. So so you've got the recommendation from the advisory panel now. So what happens next? And also, you know, how does some of that context maybe come into the picture now um, when the government is making this decision ultimately?
1: Possible politics. Uh, certainly, members of Congress are getting contact from their constituents who oppose OTC sales of a birth control drug, and largely the opposition is going to be on. Well, you know, we, we're not. We shouldn't. You know, encourage young women to have. You know, to have sex by making this uh, drug available to them. So, so you know, and and I suspect uh, that contact with Congress is as much or more than the the level of contact uh uh you know consumers are having with Congress about please pass this drug or make it available OTC rather uh I don't think though it's going to rise to uh uh a level of a political football because there there are so much and like I say more important there are so many other things going on and we're in we're coming on a you know a uh uh you know we're a A year and 15 months away from the next election. And so members of Congress, you know, they're elected to be reelected. So they have to choose their battles. And this is not the time to get into a, to, to alienate some voters because there's some, you know, some voters who would vote conservative, but, you know, support expanding access to birth control. So if their, their member comes out with some wild card opposition to this, that could hurt them. So I don't really think it's going to be a very high level political issue, uh, which is just as well for FDA, um, given the, the plan B history, the emergency contraceptive history.
0: Um, Do you want to just maybe just say a, a brief um, summary of, of what, you know, why that's relevant, what happened just for listeners who maybe aren't so aware of that.
1: Okay. And, and, and 2003 uh, and an advisory committee recommended approval of an emergency contraceptive, OTC sales. Uh, and, and I don't think it was unanimous, but it was, you know, a large number of uh, panel members in majority. Um, and FDA said no, because they will, you know, uh, they didn't think it was it, that the application, the sponsors showed safe uh, use as an OTC drug. And it was... Uh, Widely known that 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 concern about again access to younger women was was the big concern there, and so advocacy groups uh, that were you know including IBIS, which I mentioned earlier, uh, which uh, had been supporting this, uh, they they didn't drop the ball. They 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 litigated and they kept litigating, and they eventually forced FDA to uh, in 2006, uh, FDA actually approved sales but with a caveat of, of you had to show proof of age which essentially put the drug behind the counter behind the counter is not an official class of drugs in the u.s but when you have to show proof of age to buy a drug it's going to be behind the counter it's just that that's the way it works so that was 06 and then uh but the the you know the supporters of access to this they didn't stop there they wanted you know uh, approval for uh you know over actual over counter sales to uh women of all ages and they eventually got that court ordered in 20, uh, 2011 um you know that's a lot of judicial activity uh to make a drug available otc and, and you know it's easy to say it shouldn't have been but that's the nature of the U.S. society that. Uh, 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 regulatory bodies will respond to political pressure, and uh, uh, convinced and and committed litigants or advocates will will fight to make what's right or what they think is right. Uh, and you know, FDA did not want to repeat of that at all. They did, they did not want to irritate either side. So uh, and I and I, they've been very thorough, as evidenced by their questions about some data uh, in evaluating this application.
0: So in terms of timelines um, and also the the process, so does this so now it's had the recommendation if the F- FDA approve it, do, does something else have to happen then? Does it have to go to Congress or is that it?
1: No, that's it. Part of the what's next is I really think that because of its concern about data, the FDA is going to send what we call it, what it calls a complete response letter to HRA and say you you need to to complete your response. You need to do this, and what it's either going to be a another clinical trial or maybe some um, uh, additional retroactive retrospective analyses of the data. So the FDA can be you see FDA's concern is like you know if if we found the problems that concern us with thirty percent of the data, what you know. Why should we think that the remaining 70% are good? Uh, so I think I really think FDA is gonna ask for more information through a com- complete response letter. They have to do it by the they have to tell HRA up or down by the middle of August. The by paying user fees for this application, there there's also a deadline that, that FDA gets for making a decision. In this case, it's the uh, middle of August. Um they, they would send they most likely would send a complete response letter earlier than they would say yes. Uh, again, the, the officials at the meeting, they went out of their way more than I've seen to say we really want this to work.
0: So um, so we're probably not looking if, if that's the case. Um, so based on your experience and knowledge, which is significant, I think, um, you know, you've got a good kind of prediction there. We're talking probably not before the end of the year maybe early 2024 then in terms of a of a decision or even on the market
1: uh certainly we will know by the end of the year the decision but about, but even if even if they even if fda were to say yes by in the by the middle of august i think it's you know early 2024 before we see it on store shelves Yeah. Uh, you know they're not making aspirin right
0: okay great well that's really nice. Um, is a really nice summary i think of the situation with um, with opil i also read that there is another possible switch in the pipeline in this in this category is that right um from cadence health is that the name of the company
1: yeah cadence is kind of the, the little engine that could you know it's a it's a startup they're a very small company and this is their only product you know they have they don't have any other products um, and uh, it's a combination um uh, whereas uh O-Pil is a single ingredient uh, birth control pill this is a combination ingredients uh levonorgestrel and ethanol estradol uh whereas uh, uh O-Pil is is uh, only norgestrel uh and uh combination pills are they 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 are. Uh, they have the advantage of you don't have to. They're, they're not. A, you know, it's not advised that you take them around the same time every day. You know, uh, as simple as that sounds. I, I, you know, I thought about this and I couldn't be relied on always oh, to take a pill the same time every day. It's just the way but you know. I think uh, it's, the, so,
0: it's the it's the anxiety as well. I think of you know if you miss your time or whatever. You know, some anything can happen in the, in the space of a day or. Or whatever, But then if you miss your your time, then the anxiety of the consequences comes with that as well, doesn't it? But if you if if you don't have to worry so much about the exact time, that gives you a little bit more peace of mind, I think.
1: Right. Right. And so and, and it has more potential side effects and has more reasons uh, as an RX drug. It has more reasons not for a doctor not to, you know, to uh, 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 prescribe it. Uh, than a single ingredient pill, uh, but the convenience of you know, and you can you can miss a day and take it, and it wouldn't matter, or it shouldn't matter at least. Whereas you know, those are things that are you you know, with a single ingredient pill, um, it's it's they're, they're, those aren't possible. You have to take it; should take it a certain time every day. Uh, but it but it has you know, it doesn't have the safety uh, history. Uh, of of the of the single ingredient pill, and I'm sure those those have given FDA concern. Like we don't, you know, I'm really, I really think that at this point, it's very well. Put it this way: the oat, the single ingredient pill, if approved, is going to be available for a while before FDA will consider. will start reviewing an application for a a, a combination ingredient uh, birth control pill.
0: It seems to be the message is, you know, if and when. Uh, perigo can make a success out of this switch they're going to have you know a few years uh market exclusivity or you know they're going to be they're going to they're going to have that direct benefit from having that on the market and then there's not going to be anything like it out there for a while
1: it's all as uh, murray kessler very concisely said in response to their ceo in response to a question at a latest earnings briefing it's all upside you know this is going to be approved. It may not be with this one. They may have to do another trial. But when you know, and and they and they will get, they should get, uh, they they you know almost certainly will get uh, three years market exclusivity, and and they'll they'll be a you know a uh, sales driver of the size Paraguay has never seen. Certainly, they're you know they're they're not counting their chickens yet uh, because it hasn't been approved. Uh, certainly, there's a lot of you know. Uh, off-the-line off, off the line, uh, communication going on between FDA and, and, and HRA, Perigo. Uh, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're confident and are ready to uh, have a sales driver uh, that they've never had before, the size of which they never had before.
0: Excellent. Well, I, you know, I think that's a, a really excellent overview. Like I said, um, you know, having your uh, knowledge and expertise writing about this for so long it's uh, invaluable so we really appreciate your view on this malcolm
1: well you're very welcome david i think the emphasis on doing this so long that's 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 the key <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i hope you enjoyed this episode of over the counter listen out for more episodes every two weeks and check out the further reading section of the article published on hbw.farmerintelligence.informer.com for related news and intelligence. And don't forget to follow, share and comment on Farmer Intelligence Podcasts on the platform of your choice. See you next time.